Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Here you go. Here you go. Grace. The nothing personal word of the day is grace, as in what some people say before meals, as an amazing grace, as in I will grace you with my presence, as in I am the almighty graceful one. Jerry Jones is back in the news. We've missed you, Jerry. Football is starting. A lot of attention is going to college football. MLB's back. NBA's having a great bubble. NHL's having five overtime games. It's time for Jerry Jones to get back in the picture. And you know what, Jerry? We've got you. We've got you. The word of the day is grace. Why? Here it is. Jerry Jones, in an interview, was asked about kneeling and the anthem and the upcoming football season. And he started off his comments with... We are going to show grace. I'm going to show grace. And I'd like to show that kind of grace on a sensitive matter. He hadn't spoken to the media in 109 days. He was bubbled up. You can just imagine he had some hives. He was doing some itching, some scratching. He had to get himself in the news. He continued. Everybody is genuine here. I'm giving everyone the benefit of the doubt relative. Now, this is where we need to focus. So if you're working out listening to the pod, nothing personal if you're driving, just keep your eyes on the road. Keep focused. Don't let the weights hit you in the nose or the neck. Don't fall off your bike. But here we go. I'm giving everyone the benefit of the doubt relative to any decision that I make. I have one thing. So I have a little note for everyone when you're talking or writing. When you say I have one thing, then you have to just say one thing. Generally, you don't need to say it. It's like when people say, needless to say, I had a tough day yesterday. Well, then don't say it if it's needless to say. Don't waste your breath and my time. But Jerry said, I have one thing. My job is to run the Dallas Cowboys. My job is to do what's right. Well, hold on a second. Is that two things? Is your first job to run the Dallas Cowboys and your second job to do what's right? Or are they co-jobs like co-GMs or co-presidents or co-hosts? Can you imagine a co-host? My job is to host the show. No, your job's to co-host the show if you have a co-host. So I have one thing. My job is to run the Cowboys. That's one. My job is to do what's right. That's two. We've asked for all of this interest and we've asked for our players to give everything they've got. So I want to sit down when I have an issue. 
I have a decision to make. I want to show the world that I can do it with grace and come up with the right solution. I don't know what we're going to be faced with. And here a month from now or two months from now, our players have always been open-eared for anything that I have to offer. And I've been open-eared for what they have to offer. And that's what we'll do. Huh? Coca, I'm counting the eyes. I'd like to show. I'm going to show grace. That's two. I'm giving everyone the benefit of the doubt to any decision that I make. I have one thing. My job is like an I. My job is like an I. We've asked for all this interest. That's we. That's two we's. There's another I want to sit down. I have an issue. That's seven. I have a decision. Eight. I want to show the world nine. I can do it. Ten. I don't know what we're going to be faced with. Eleven. Our players have always been open-eared for anything I have to offer. That's 12. And I've been open-eared. That's 13. Thirteen eyes in one two-paragraph part of a statement in an interview. So let's get down to brass tacks, folks, and tell you what's actually happening. Jerry Jones was quick to comment that he's consulted with presidents, former presidents, the current president, captains of industry. I wonder if they put on their wins or not, and they sit down and they say, listen, what do you think, Mr. President, if I decide that there can't be any kneeling? Well, Of course, you have to decide that because I'm not watching your team and I love your team, Jerry, and anything else and any other furry that that you may curry, any other favor that you may need curried, you better not involve any kneeling. But, you know, you better show some grace. Jerry Jones is very involved in politics as he needs to be because he runs a multi-billion dollar corporation in the United States of America. But he's missing the entire point of the last five months. He's missing the entire point of the last five years, the last five decades, the last five centuries. It is not your decision to make. What your job is, if you are going to try to be a leader, is to put your employees and to put your platform in a position to both discuss and then effectuate change, to allow for the freedom to express however a player chooses. Now, that doesn't mean that that player has the right to throw the ball to the other team or fumble the ball purposefully or run the wrong route or not show up to a team meeting on time, or not show up to a game. That doesn't mean that that player has the right to express himself in a way that is to the detriment of the success of the team on the field. What about players expressing themselves to the detriment of the team off the field? Well, I want a corporation right now to stand up and say that they're not going to sponsor the Cowboys because the Cowboys had players who kneeled during the anthem. I dare you. I triple dare you to drop the Cowboys because their players decided to kneel during the anthem or they decided to raise their hand or they decided not to be on the field. Whatever they decide, I want you to drop the Cowboys. If you're a season ticket holder and you give up your tickets because you don't want the players doing what they're doing, okay, there's many of you where that came from. 
if the Dallas Cowboys are going to be worth less money to a buyer when Jerry Jones sells, if he ever sells, because players express themselves, give me a break. His entire attitude during this entire process has been very telling regarding the level of narcissism. It is all about him and what he wants to do. And that's the problem in our society. There's no listening. He's saying he wants to sit down when he has an issue, show the world he's going to do it with grace. By definition, showing grace is showing tolerance. By definition, showing grace is showing understanding. By definition, showing grace is understanding that you don't understand what other people think or feel because no matter what you say, you have never been in their shoes. Now, people could argue with me and say, Jerry Jones has it right. The relationship with the administration, the relationship with presidents and politicians, because his team is worth over five and a half billion dollars, according to Forbes, which by the way, I give zero credence to, but let's just say for the sake of argument, his team is worth $5 billion. If he shows too much grace, does it go to four? Does it go to three? Maybe it goes the other way if he doesn't show grace by showing racism. Although Donald Sterling showed racism owning the Clippers and they sold for $2 billion. So I'm not sure what he would need to do to lower the valuation of his team. But I am sure what he needs to do to increase the valuation of his person and of the way we view what he does, what he thinks. You know, as a business person, This is not personal for me. But when you're running your business, you have to understand history and present. You have to not be tone deaf. You have to realize that there are certain sides of history you better be on because if you're on the wrong side, it doesn't matter that your team is worth $5 billion. So as Jerry Jones moves forward here, and has an open ear and decides what he's going to do. It will be fascinating to see what his players do. Take a Dak Prescott. Jerry Jones had plenty to say about Dak Prescott, why he didn't sign him to a contract. And I agreed with Jerry from minute one, knowing that signing Dak Prescott made no sense because there is a COVID discount that Prescott was not going to take into account. Jerry Jones is getting criticized because he's trying to have fans in his ballpark. I'm not criticizing him. I think it's great. If you can find a way to have natural airflow that's better than any other airflow you've ever had in any sort of indoor or outdoor stadium, and you can put people in pods in different suites and find a way to get their money, count me in. I'm not criticizing him for that. I am criticizing him because this is the moment in time where saying I is the exact wrong thing to do. And when you have to say that you're showing grace, it means that you're not. The nothing personal word of the day is grace. And you don't have to look much further than the NBA to get an understanding that there are things going on in the lives of executives and players that are extraordinary. I want to talk about a topic that is, uh, it's both a mea culpa topic and it's an important one. There's a player for the uh, uh, Los Angeles Clippers. His name is Patrick Beverly. Patrick Beverly is one of the three Clippers who have left the bubble 
for personal reasons during the course of this bubble. Remember Lou Williams, the chicken wings guy? He left the bubble to go to a funeral of a mentor of his. And I was not critical of him going to a funeral. Trust me, when you want to say goodbye to someone who you love, who means the world to you, you take the time, you cancel your plans, and you go to a funeral. I was merely saying that you don't go to a strip club for the wings, no matter how good they are. Well, Patrick Beverly left the bubble because he also had to go to a funeral, except this funeral was for almost a brother of his, someone who grew up in his house, someone who was extremely close to him in Chicago, and someone at the age of 31 who got shot and killed. And Patrick Beverly has had enough. He came out yesterday, and it's not getting enough attention, and it should. He came out and said very simply, I'm tired of losing people. This hits home for me. I have to deal with the reality when I get back. But until then, comforting my friends, I'm going to be a leader right here, be a leader of my crew back home in Chicago. He wants to be the best he can be inside the bubble, help his Clippers win a championship and get home to be with his friends, his homies, as he called them. And it got me thinking. It got me thinking about some of the mistakes I made as president of the Marlins and the hard line I took when players had off the field issues and they didn't interest me. And I want to explain what I mean by they didn't interest me. I was always very sensitive to off-the-field issues. We had players whose parents died, uh, players who had family issues, issues with children, health issues. And my view always was, we all have problems off the field. But when we get to the ballpark, do your job. Get on the field, play baseball. If you're in the marketing department and you're going through a divorce, get, get to the ballpark and do your job. If you're in sales, but you're having issues with the health of your kids, get to work and sell. That doesn't mean I wasn't sympathetic. I was very helpful, as was our owner, extremely helpful to employees, players, often on the field, front office who had issues. But in my head, I was always robotic and unemotional in the way that I dealt with it. I accepted that players would need to miss games or that players would say I didn't play well because I'm distracted or, or employees who would say I didn't have a good month of selling because of I'm having issues at home. And I guess I never accepted it because I didn't understand that the way I compartmentalized that people couldn't. And I didn't understand why I was, I'm just a man, I'm a, I'm a human being. I've got plenty of problems off the field. I've got plenty of things going on in my life that aren't perfect. When I come on nothing personal and I give you 45 minutes every day, and sometimes I talk about things that are going on and sometimes I don't, but no matter what you think of me because of what you've seen on TV or listened to me in this pod or watched on YouTube or watched during the course of my career, that's just what I do when I'm working, but I bleed the same red you do. I squat to take a crap like you do. I don't sleep like you do. I have worries like you do. Some of my worries are worries that you don't have. And some of my worries are worries that you do have. And some of your worries I have also. 
What's interesting about mixing on the field and off the field issues, though, is that when is there a time when there is perfection off the court and off the field? It doesn't exist. So what I chose to do during the course of my career is downplay any issue that was happening and put it away. When I would walk into the stadium, it was done. When I had to get on a phone call, I was purely focused. When I'm doing a a show with you, I am focused on you. And that's it. I don't let anything into my head but what we're doing together here every day. But I now realize there's people who aren't as good at that as I was. And that's okay. I didn't think it was okay. And when I think about Patrick Beverly and the expectations that I would have as president of the Clippers, I know that my first thought would have been, if you need to leave the bubble, leave it. But is there any way to not? Can you zoom into the funeral? Can you find, and and as I'm saying these words, I'm being so honest with you. And these words sicken me that I was in a position as a president of a team where it would even occur to me to say, do you really have to miss a game? How long do you have to be away for paternity leave, for an issue at home, for a parent-teacher conference, for a graduation? I didn't understand why you couldn't freeze those moments, do your job, and then go back to them. Why can't you control when those moments happen? That was a big thing for me, and it hasn't ended. The fact that I am a type A total control freak. And I always thought that you could control your emotions by just getting rid of them. You could control people's schedule by the power that you have. If there has to be a funeral, you do it on my time. If there has to be a parent-teacher conference, you do it on my time or else I don't go. If there's an issue at home, it'll be there when I get back. And it costs me. It costs me dearly. My expectations were always too high because I wanted people to have the drive that I had. I wanted players to be able to be in their bubble. Ironically, I would call it a bubble before we talked about bubbles this entire offseason or since COVID started. I wanted them to build that armor, have the same armor that I grew, which was impenetrable. You're going to talk badly about me. You're going to make fun of me. You're going to talk about my size, about the fact I'm a terrible president, that I can't win a game, that our team stunk, that we fired managers, we didn't win enough. I couldn't get a naming rights deal. I, I screwed the public by building a ballpark. It would flow off the armor. It was like one of those cars where it rains and you don't need windshield wipers because the rain sort of swifts up off the windshield. It just went off me. I didn't pay attention to it. And meanwhile, what happened over 18 years is I grew an armor so thick that it was impenetrable by anybody or by anything. And I became, as I've told you on this show, robotic. And when you're doing business, that's a damn good thing. But when you're not doing business, all of a sudden, it's no longer compartmentalizing. You've become one compartment. You've become always business, always logistics. You need something done, you come to me, I get it done. Patrick Beverly bared his soul and he wants to make a difference in this world because he realizes there's something way important, more important than basketball. He realizes that young people, young people of color are getting shot and killed. They're killing each other. They're being killed by police. 
there is crime. There is, we've talked on this show about the incarceration rate and he's had enough. He's going to go and do his job with the Clippers. And then he is going to say, it's enough. My armor is down. I'm crying. He admitted he cried on the team bus in the back of the team bus about the life that wait for, that waits for him outside the bubble. I worry about Patrick Beverly. I compliment Patrick Beverly. And my hope is that we find a way in this society to get back just a little bit of finesse, that we find a way to take 2020 and instead of wishing it away, we wish that it is the year that the change happens for good. I'm rooting for the Clippers to win because I want Patrick Beverly to get a ring and I want Lou Williams to get a ring and I want them to then go back and have the proper time to deal with their emotions, to deal with the reality of their loss and to find a way to make it better going forward so other people don't have to feel what he feels. I'm sorry, Patrick, and I'm sorry to all of the former players who I had who I did not properly understand while I acted as though I did, and I took care of you and everything you needed. I was doing that as president and not as a person. Okay. We got a good one today, Coca. Give it to me, baby. You know what I want? I want to talk to Samson. I want to talk to Samson. So you want to talk to Samson, a segment we do. It's from the movie Half-Baked. That was that clip from Half-Baked. There's this guy that everyone wants to talk to, and his name is Samson. So if you want to talk to me, get on Twitter at David P. Samson. Get into my DMs, ask a question. If it's trendy, we'll get to it. If I'm interested, we'll get to it. This is a good one. This is a good one. Anyone remember Joe Kelly? Remember Joe Kelly was suspended for eight games for throwing behind Carlos Alex Bregman and then for thumbing his nose at Carlos Correa, calling him a little baby, and there was a bench-clearing brawl. He got suspended eight games. It was then reduced to five. Which, Coco, was that a wait to see? I know I predicted. I don't know whether I made it a wait to see, but I certainly told you that it would be reduced to five. Well, Joe Kelly did a podcast, and there was a... There was a, he did a podcast with one of the starters on the Dodgers named Ross Stripling, and it was recorded earlier this month. And someone asked a question about that because he had some comments. The question was this, given Joe Kelly's comments about the Houston Astros, do you believe that the Astros now have a bigger beef with the Dodgers than the Dodgers have with the Astros? So what's this question about? Well, let me tell you. Joe Kelly gave this podcast and he went off. And he went off on the Astros players in a way that I've never heard any players go off on other players. And he went off in a way that was based on such ignorance and stupidity that it was so shocking to me that when I saw the So You Want to Talk to Samson question, it made it right into the show. Here's what Joe Kelly said. He said, the people who took the fall for what happened is nonsense. Everyone's involved. But the way the sign-stealing system was run over there was not from the coaching staff. They're not the head boss in charge of that thing. It's the players. So now the players get the immunity, 
And all they have to do is go snitch like little bitches and they don't have to get fined. They don't have to lose games. When you save your own ass, that's what I don't like. Cheating, they cheated. Everyone knows they're cheaters. Talking about the Astros. They know they're cheaters. It's over. They've been there, done that. But now they mess it up by ruining other people's lives. So they effed it up twice. When you taint someone's name to save your own name, that is one of the worst things that you could probably do. And that bugs me. I think I'll be irritated forever. Joe, you missed the entire thing. The entire point. Let me explain. It's too much. Let me summarize. <laughs> Coco, you know what that is? That's from The Princess Bride. That was Inigo Montoya played by uh, um, uh, Mandy Patinkin with the big beard. Remember when they had the big gray beards that I had that people thought I was Mandy Patinkin from Homeland? He had a line in Princess Bride. Let me explain. No, no. It's too much. Let me summarize. When MLB got word from Mike Fires in an article that there was cheating going on with the Astros, MLB had to investigate. So here's how it goes. Knock, knock. Hi, um, Mr. Altuve. I'm just curious. Did you wear a buzzer or steal signs? Mr. Altuve? Are you there? Mr. Altuve, hello? Oh, you're not talking. All right, hold on. Let me get Alex on the phone. Alex Bregman, I got a quick question. Were you banging garbage cans? No? Yes? Can you hear me? Is this Zoom on? What am I, Jack McKeon? Is this Zoom on? Hello? Silence. Major League Baseball gave immunity to players, Joe, because that's how you get people to tell you what in the hell is going on. Have you ever heard of people whistleblowing where it's an entire way that the government and prosecutors get an understanding of what's going on within companies or leaking documents and you call that snitching? Have you ever heard of people copying a deal, copying a plea where they're going after? Have you watched Fear City on Netflix yet? The way to get the big bosses, in addition to Rico, the way to get them is you get snitches to say, hey, I don't want to serve time. So I'll tell you what they're doing above you. You want the big fish, not the minnow. What MLB needed to get done with the Astro scandal was find out exactly what happened, make sure it was never going to happen again to do it. They needed the players to tell them what was going on because Jeff Lunau certainly wasn't because Jeff Lunau, this great president of baseball operations, who you're so quick to defend, Joe Kelly, he said to baseball, hey, I have no idea what's happening. We're not stealing signs. I have no idea about a camera in center field or a monitor in the dugout. I didn't hear any garbage cans. Alex Cora, Joe Kelly's favorite bench coach. Eh, I don't know. What happened? I didn't do anything. Everyone's saying they didn't do anything, Joe. Of course they did. They had to make a deal. And by the way, your own Players Association agreed to it. Your own Players Association made it so the players would not be disciplined. Your own Players Association has now changed where players will be disciplined going forward. There was no 
acknowledgement of what would have happened without the players saying what happened. And the players were never going to say what happened unless they were granted immunity and not going to be punished. Now, let me tell you one other thing, Joe. You can't say they're not the boss, head boss in charge of that thing. It's the players because that's wrong. Let me ask you a question. In your career, have you ever spent your own money to do something to improve the technology in your, with your team? We had players for 18 years. I had players who wanted stuff to help them be better. And they came to me and said, hey, buy a new crypto chamber, buy a new training table, get a new trainer, buy a new machine, get a new this. We need better batting practice balls. We need better batting practice pitchers. We need more of this. I need someone for my back. I need someone for my front. I need someone for my legs. I need someone for my groin, my hips, my toes. I need this. I need that. I need a translator. Oh, no, I'm not paying. You pay. How did the TVs and the video equipment get into the clubhouse? Players did that? How did the wiring go on? Did the stadium operations people just wire it and Jeff Lunau and A.J. Hinch had no idea? A.J. Hinch knew exactly what was going on. He's the one who broke the TVs, he says, but didn't tell you not to keep going because a new TV appeared the next minute. Die. The players. The players are not the boss of anything, Joe. And you think the Houston Astros players made it so that Lunau and Cora and Beltran and Hinch were going to get fired? The owner, Jim Crane, fired Lunau and Hinch. MLB suspended them for a year. The owners in Boston fired Cora. He was suspended for a year. The Mets owners fired Beltran. Wait, wait for it. What was Beltran's suspension? Oh, yeah, he was a player. He wasn't suspended at all. And you're saying in your comments that it was the players talking that directly led to them losing their jobs and taking away their livelihood in order to save their own tush. It's just not what happened. So if you want to be the voice of reason and you want to explain, why don't you take the microphone and get on your podcast? And why don't you tell us what the Dodgers and Red Sox did to steal signs? Why don't you tell us the truth about the Apple Watch situation? Why don't you tell us why the Red Sox got in trouble? Tell us what the Dodgers do. Tell us what you know to be true about the stealing of signs by all teams. Tell us about what you know pitchers do to Dr. Balls. Tell us what you know players look like when they take their uniforms off. Tell us the substances. Don't stand on the mountaintop and throw a stone when you live in a house that's on wheels and is full of glass. I would expect Joe Kelly to have more to say on this. I guess we'll see. Later in the show, we're going to talk about the NBA doing something that is so outrageous that it can't be true. But when we come back, I've got a review of a movie that was straight from Coca. Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com, the tool that makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. 
Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and goals, and the Wondersuite tools will automatically lay out your WordPress website or store in minutes. Seriously. From there, you can customize your design, pick your brand colors, and add blocks. No custom theme or coding required. You'll get content suggestions that you can keep or revise. And with Yoast SEO built in, we automatically help you get found in search engines. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins to an AI-powered help bot, our built-in tools make WordPress wonderful for everyone. Whether you're a beginner or a pro, you can join over 2 million Bluehost users. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. That's bluehost.com slash wondersuite. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality. Welcome back to Nothing Personal. Thank you so much for downloading and subscribing, telling your friends about Nothing Personal. Don't forget, please, you can watch us on YouTube. Nothing Personal with David Sampson is the YouTube channel. We've got an end-of-month mailbag pod. Get on Apple, five-star review, ask a question, and I'll answer it on the end-of-month mailbag pod. So I said, Coca, man, I need a movie. Give me something good. I'm having a crappy day. I don't feel great. Tell me what to watch. He said, easy. Watch what we do in the shadows. I said, what's it about? Which I shouldn't have because Coca's recommendations have been perfect since minute one of this show. He asked me, do I like vampires? I said, I've never met one, but not particularly. What do you think about werewolves? I said, I like him in London, but other than that, not really. What do you think about zombies? I said, well, if it can be with Nicholas Holt, then we can talk about it. And I can't believe I can't remember the name of the gorgeous actress who was with Nicholas Holt in that movie. What's the movie where they were the uh, zombies with Nicholas Holt, Coca? Come on. She's... uh, She's not Alice Eve from She's Out of My League. She is the Australian actress um, with Nicholas Holt in a zombie movie. Please find out because it's driving me crazy. But I said, I'm not that interested in any of that. He said, well, this is a mockumentary and just watch it because it's got Ty K. Waititi. And I said, Ty K. Waititi, is that the New Zealander who did Jojo Rabbit? Teresa Palmer. Yes, thank you. Love Teresa Palmer. 
and I can't remember the name. It's called Warm Bodies. Got it. Check out Warm Bodies, by the way. I think we've reviewed it on this show. I love that movie. So I told him I'd watch What We Do in the Shadows, and I did. It is a 85-minute mockumentary like this is Spinal Tap. It is a documentary about vampires and how they live and what they do. And it's about four of them who live together. And it is sort of narrated, and they break the fourth wall, by Taika Waititi, who played Hitler and wrote, and I believe may have even directed Jojo Rabbit, uh, which is a great movie as well, nominated for Best Picture last year, or was that a few years ago, what feels like a few years ago. So they live in a flat, and you learn how vampires live together and how they deal with their life and things they have to do during the course of the day, how they get their food, which happens to be people with blood, which means they're victims, how they interact with werewolves. But it's done not as a fictional movie. It's done as a non-fictional documentary. It is so brilliant and funny and entertaining that I was saying to myself, I swear to God, Coca, this happened. This is back from 2014, by the way. I was saying to myself, this looks more real than Spinal Tap, and people thought Spinal Tap was a band. They would think Spinal Tap was actually touring. There's people who think Stillwater was a band from Almost Famous. I actually thought watching What We Do in the Shadows, which has spawned a TV show on, uh, on Hulu, on FX, I think it's been a couple seasons, called What We Do in the Shadows, but it's the movie I need you to watch first because you will laugh. It is gross in a way that's not a horror movie because I told Coke I don't watch horror, and the genre it says is horror, which bothered me because Coke knows I don't watch horror. There's nothing scary about What We Do in the Shadows. It is simply perfect. Thank you, Coca. Thank you. What We Do in the Shadows. Nothing personal pick of the day. Joe Girardi and the Philadelphia Phillies suck, period. End of story, done. Their bullpen sucks. Their starting pitching, their hitters, their signings, their team. They needed to beat the Orioles last night. They could not. It's a joke. And don't tell me the Orioles are this great team. They're having a great time. They were hot at the moment. That's the same Orioles team that got swept four games by the Marlins, who, by the way, won again last night in a crazy 10-inning game, 14-11 to 11 over the Bills. The Dolphins beat the Bills. I was guaranteeing you that the Phillies would win last night, and they didn't. So I'm 4-7. and seven. I got a good one today, <laughs> which means go the other way because I'm sort of cold right now. The Dodgers have lost two out of three to the Padres. They won last night. They're going for a split. The Padres have Chris Paddock, who's the guy we traded for Fernando Rodney. And he has talked himself up to be a number one starter and ace. He is not. He never was going to be. Not that that trade was a good trade because Rodney stunk for us. But the reality is Paddock is not what he thinks he is. He's pitching against Urias, who is a pitcher we tried to get from the Dodgers every single day. And it's two young, really good pitchers. The Dodgers have lineup issues. Clay, uh, Clay Bellinger, that's not it. It's Cody Bellinger is hitting below 200. Muncie is down in the lineup, having been up in the lineup. He's not hitting well. While the reality is the Dodgers are first in ERA, they're 11th in the National League in average. 
third and runs, but they need this game. Look for it. Dodgers over the Padres. That's my nothing personal pick of the day. Okay. Who read the memo? Anybody? The NBA released a memo because they're about to pierce their bubble. And they are piercing it with members of players' families who are allowed into the bubble starting toward the end of August. They can join players by August 31st. They're going to have to quarantine outside the bubble first, then quarantine inside the bubble. There's a limit to how many guests a player can have. And then the NBA released a memo yesterday that is the number one memo maybe of all time. The NBA is saying the following, that they and the union got together and negotiated terms that will preclude NBA players from hosting guests inside the bubble who are deemed as, quote, wholly casual in nature, including, quote, known by the player only through social media or an intermediary. Anybody who does not have, quote, an established pre-existing personal and known relationship won't be allowed into the bubble. (laughs) Yes. What does that actually say? No side beef in the bubble. That's what they were trying to address. And they're not saying it because they don't want to say it that way. So they found a different way to say it by saying casual. Known by the player only through media or intermediary without an established pre-existing personal and known relationship. Established. that They didn't say legally established. They could have said you have to be either married or engaged. They didn't say that. So... The NBA is saying that they don't want the aggravation that will come to the player if there is an example of a player who may have an established relationship that's known and a non-established relationship that is quite the secret. I've told you in baseball games, and it's true in the NBA, it's true in all sports. There's a section where the family sits And there's a special section where players put people who they don't want interacting with their family. Two separate sections in the stadium. Two separate sections in the team hotel. (laughs) There are NBA players who have long established, very serious relationships with men and women. And they've got not so long established not so serious relationships with other men and women. That's how it is. But it would be a huge distraction for the players. And they don't want to be the ones to have to say to the casual relationships, no, I'm not inviting you into the bubble. They go to their union, the union goes to the NBA, and they work together, but this was totally union-based. Don't kid yourself. 
because now the players have the cover. When they get the call saying, hey, why can't I come? Hey, why can't I come? Hey, I hang out with you all the time when we're in San Diego, St. Louis, California, Colorado, Toronto. I want to come to the bubble. I miss you. I miss you too. But you can't come to the bubble. Look, it's a rule. There's nothing I can do. We're not established. We're not known. I know that I think we're casual and you don't think we're casual, but we're sort of casual. And by the way, if you agree that we're casual, then of course you can't come. Of course I want you to come. But you can't. Can you imagine that negotiation? They're trying to cut down people in the bubble. The NBA goes to the players union. They sit down and they're talking about how to make the rules and figure out how to pierce the bubble and keep everyone safe. And then the union says to the NBA, listen, we got a small problem that we just got to take care of. Can we just make it that we both agree that there has to be an established relationship and it's got to be totally pre-existing that everyone knows about? Because we've got a list. We know who the player wives are. We know who the player best friends are. We don't want any hangers honors. No groupies allowed. Just make it a rule. And so they did. This memo has gotten nationwide attention. And the reason it has is that it talks about something that is generally unspoken in the world and certainly in the world of sports. And when I talk to you about the reality of what traveling secretaries have to do, that's because I promise you on nothing personal, that's the kind of show we're going to have where we're going to let you know some serious insights. But here's what comes next. An unintended consequence of this memo is that right now before the bubble opens and the players are still solo with their phones, they are having to deal with people contacting them saying, let's make this established, let's make this known, and let's make this pre-existing so I don't fall under the auspices of the uninvited so I get a chance to be in the bubble. So the players are now having to deal with that reality. It's like them having to choose. We've talked about this with the uniforms and the messages on the uniforms and the unintended consequences of the stress of the player having to deal with it. The union figured this would take the stress away. That was the provenance of this rule. But the reality is the stress is not kept away because they've got their phones, they're in contact, as you know, and so they have to take the calls from people, men and women, people who they are in, the, their, whether they're friends or Romans or countrymen or women, they're getting the call saying, put me on the list. I want a room. It doesn't have to be your hotel. I'll bubble at a different hotel. I won't go to the games. I don't, I can't go to the games anyway. I could go to the games, but there's only 10 people there. I'm going to be noticed. I don't want to go to the games. Or I do want to go to the games because I want to show that I'm actually the one who's more important in the life than the other person in your life. Or I'm your closest friend, not the other person. Think about the different iterations. Think about what people do to be close to athletes to say, yeah, my best friend is LeBron James. Yes, my best friend is Kawhi Leonard. All of those things happen. And the stress on the players is huge right now. They are looking forward to submitting their bubble list and being done with it. Totally done with it. Remember, each team only gets 17 total rooms. So they're going to have a team meeting. They're going to figure out how many rooms go to each player. And then the players will just be able to say, listen, there are no rooms. And once you're outside of the bubble in the hotel, you can't even come into the bubble. 
but don't worry. As soon as we're eliminated, I'll go back to spending time with you, my friend, who is neither established nor pre-existing nor personal nor known. But I'll give you a little wait to see here. That memo is going to be further clarified because the players are going to need more cover. Because in this instance, we've got an amazing intersection of business and personal. Hey, have you ever used Cheapo Air? For years, and I really like it. With Cheapo Air, you can book online, use their app, or even over the phone. They've got great prices on over 500 airlines and millions of accommodations. They're my go-to for travel planning. And if you join their Club Miles program, you can earn points to save on the cost of your travel. Book on the app and you get double points. Sounds like it's time I tried Cheapo Air. Call Cheapo Air at 855-247-3279 or visit CheapoAir.com slash podcast. 